0: You will be so grumpy and tired tomorrow if you don't go to sleep soon. So please try, okay? Good girls. Love you both.
1: We can hear you, David. I love you both too.
2: Welcome to Fraculus, a technology podcast for humans. Episode 325. iOS 10. More data roaming minutiae. And poke your mum. Anyway. Hello, everyone.
0: <laughs> Talk about multitasking! Hottest night of the year. I'm not only juggling you, too. I'm juggling two kids on the end of a baby monitor as well.
1: I want to know why David's in a grumpy mood today. I'm not in a grumpy mood. I'm <laughs> you hot started and the day. You started the day. <laughs> apparently, I lost you five percent battery. <laughs> Somehow, this was my <laughs> fault. The fact that you. Have your notification settings wrong. Isn't my fault. Oh, good. I'm. I'm so
0: pleased you picked. I was frustrated at that moment, and it's not your fault. It's my fault. I was trying to do. It. I've. I've had a day of writing today, and I've not been. I've been distracted quite easily. Not as productive as I like, and the weather's been a big factor in that. But that's all my fault.
1: I'm sensing that you're not your normal chirpy self. I'm. I'm just
0: hot, hot, and a little bit grouchy. I wouldn't go so
1: far as grumpy. Okay. I'll but take raunchy.
0: Just a little bit tetchy. Who knows, it might make for a slightly more animated podcast on my part.
1: I'm definitely getting a sense of tetchy, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but Jeff, I've just sent you a picture of my heart. Okay. On iOS 10 message. What more do you want?
1: Which, as as you would predict predictably say for me, I think is rubbish. It's just all, that's all nonsense.
0: It fits in with the Apple Watch better, doesn't it? Oh, you, of course you wouldn't know that, would you?
3: Just to clarify, David, are you running iOS 10?
0: I am running iOS 10 on my standby on my old iPhone
1: 5. I'm running it on my iPad.
3: Well, let's come back to that. Let's just follow up on why you ran David's battery down, Jeff. What happened this morning?
1: (laughs) Well, now, we see I've had this issue before and it's to do with Slack and I work in a special way. I work in the correct way. You work in a very special way, Jeff. And when I message people on Slack, I type things online and then I press return at the end, because I've grown up my entire life using a keyboard. When you get to the end of your sentence, you press return. Apparently, this is this is bad form on Slack, because if you're a damn ass that has notifications turned on for everything that happens, if I type, like, five sentences and split that over five individual lines of input, I gather you get five notifications.
3: It does go a bit crazy.
1: <laughs> this is bonkers, because I sensibly turn off all notifications apart from things where people have specifically added me secondly slack should be cleverer why doesn't it recognize that if you're typing multiple lines and only to wait a second and then only send one notification rather than say five if you've done five lines of text another company i work for uh who uses slack my other slack buddies they a couple of them said to me oh yeah it's really annoying when you type in several lines because we get a notification for every single line and i'm I'm thinking that's not my problem
3: so you think the onus is on the recipient not the sender
1: i do and also i think it's bad design by slack
3: yeah i i think it is bad design i think it should hold off a bit and say is there more more coming
0: yeah but the flip side to that is that people want notifications as soon as you've typed something don't they i've typed something i don't want to wait for up to 30 seconds while it decides whether or not i'm going to carry on typing something else I want to know it now.
1: If I've typed something, and in the video you can see my fingers doing the typing, so I hope this is full screen at this point, if you hit return and then immediately carry on typing, that only a, t- takes a second or two for Slack to go, oh, you'll carry on typing, I'll wait until you've not been typing for maybe two or three seconds, and then, and then I'll do the notification.
0: Can I just pull you up on something there, Jeff? about pressing return <laughs> or pressing the enter key at the end of typing a sentence? Now, that was a thing in the day of typewriters, but these days people have got word wrap. You know, paragraphs are a thing. You can carry on having a whole thought without pressing the enter key to bring a new line on your typewriter.
1: Then it should be a local setting so that I, I, it can then suit my needs so that I can then say I'm old school and I'd like to press return at the end of each sentence and for it to
3: combine those sentences. What happens if you press shift enter?
0: Hang on a minute. I'm all over it. I'm doing some slack testing. Line one. Line two, shift return.
3: There you go, Jeff. Shift return.
1: But I think the onus is also on the user to, to, to minimise the amount of notifications that they have.
3: You will minimise your notification impact while also being able to add your line breaks.
1: No, but we've, we've done this before on a previous fractulus, right? There are too many notifications.
3: There are too many for you.
1: You only have to use three or four apps. Can we notify you? No, go away. I don't want to be notified. I want to check my phone. All right, all right. So here's the thing. You've chosen to be notified. Deal with it.
0: Right, iOS 10. What I want to do is to snooze notifications for that app very quickly, very simply. The same way that Periscope, in theory, is supposed to let me snooze for an hour or snooze for three hours or whatever it is, but it doesn't work for me. I want that to happen on Slack. Or, or any app. I just want to slide right or slide left or whatever that isn't reply or whatever. says, shut the f*** up for the next hour or something.
3: Slack has its own do not disturb which you can, by default, comes on about 11pm, turns off about 7am local time. But I've turned that off because I use Do Not Disturb on my phone when I don't want to be disturbed. So I don't want a second level of Do Not Disturb.
0: I do. I want it on a per-app basis.
3: I want it on a no-app basis and a system level.
0: When WhatsApp or when Slack is getting a bit too chatty... And I just know what's happening right now. I just want to mute that
1: conversation for a bit.
3: You just want to mute Jeff every now and again.
1: Have we just slid into a conversation about
3: iOS ten? Well, Jeff, you've been running iOS ten longest, haven't you? So tell us, tell us your experience of iOS ten.
1: I think under the terms and conditions of, of my developer license, I'm not allowed to talk about it on my own device. It's public beta now. So for the purposes of the next five minutes, I used iOS ten on a, on somebody else's device the other day. So everything that I'm about to say is based upon. When I used it, not on my device. Apart from the deleting the apps you don't want, like stocks. I've, I ran it on an iPad. I tried it on an iPad. There's nothing in there that's making me sit up and go, oh, this is good. And I've, I've even heard people say, "Ooh, it's more of an iPhone release than an iPad release. So I, I have yet to experience it on a phone. For an iPad user, it, it's, it's noth- there's nothing there.
3: I think that's fair enough, though, because iPhones are coming out in September and iPads aren't. And these two things are very tied together.
0: iOS 9 was arguably an iPad release, wasn't it? You know, with, with a dual screen stuff that was going on. It was very much one. And also being able to alt-tab between apps. That was very much one for the iPad productivity crew.
3: Back to iOS 10. Back to iOS 10, yes. David, you're you're now running it on an iPhone, but not your main iPhone.
0: Yeah. So my main driver every day is an iPhone 6 Plus. Um, I've got an iPhone 5, an old iPhone 5 that I thought, well, the public beta's out, I may as well just go and install iOS 10 on here. And um, yeah, I must admit, I've not had that much of a chance to to, to play with it and put it through its paces or anything. Actually, I had real problems even downloading the beta, to be honest with you. Um, I went to the website that you're supposed to go to, downloaded the profile onto the device, and then it tried to download the... Um, beta OS update, and it wouldn't let me, and I tried that four or five times, and I'm, that's, that's not right, I wonder what the pro- problem is, and then just grokking around on the internet, it says, oh yeah, well if you set up a VPN to make it look as though you're in the States, you get through first time, so I downloaded the Opera VPN client, um, put that to the United States, and what do you know, it worked first time, and then when it did eventually download, you know, the iPhone 5's getting a little bit old and creaky now, I think this is the oldest iphone model that will support ios 10
3: yeah my ipad 2 is finally being cut adrift
0: yeah yeah and i know a, a few apps are starting to that i use on some older ipads that i've got are just starting to fall off the end now like i say um jeff and i were iMessaging, uh, messaging i message uh, i ios 10 messaging whatever earlier today and you know you can send a little little squiggly drawings to one another and things
1: it's nothing groundbreaking is it it's just trying to catch up with snapchat and be a bit funky and appeal to the kids but in terms of actual in terms of actual functionality it's just a bolt on hey here's a fun thing there's nothing amazing about ios 10 that make that makes you want to download it
3: jeff were you replying on your phone or your ipad
1: of my iPad, and I think it is a, it's a different experience to the phone, and I don't have forced touch on my iPad, obviously.
3: What I'm interested in is what happens if you message from iOS 10 back to someone on iOS 9.
1: Well, I did that to you
0: earlier on, Jeff, didn't I?
3: And I got a big blank black image I, really... I didn't
1: see. I sent you a very juvenile image.
3: You can see something, but you don't know what it is.
1: David, in effect, sent me a black picture, so I then took a picture of the nearest thing to me, which is plain white, and sent that back to him.
3: There's nothing to explain why you can't see.
1: No. That's pretty poor, isn't it?
3: That's not very Apple, even for Beta.
1: It's perfectly
0: possible they'll fix this by September.
3: The recipients aren't on Beta, they're just on their iPhones.
1: Can I also have a quick whine about something else? Sure. So, it's so
3: Apple, it's so... I love a good Jeff wine.
1: It's like they get surprised when... So many times that you've fundamentally been hardwired to do something your entire life or for many years.
3: A bit like scrolling on a mouse.
1: Yeah, and then they (laughs) remove that functionality. So for eight years, we've all swiped to open our iPhone or swiped to open our iPad. yeah, that's gone, isn't it? You can't do that anymore, and that is rubbish.
3: Rubbish. I don't swipe, I touch ID. I just touch ID straight in.
1: They're forcing you to touch ID, and it's completely rubbish. I want to swipe.
3: Why would you not touch ID?
1: Steve Jobs stood up in 2009 going, hey, isn't this cool, you just swipe. It's, yes, Apple, you taught us to do it, and now you've just removed it without any choice. I only swipe
3: when touch ID fails. That's the only time I, I use it. I love swiping. I want to swipe. I don't want to touch ID. It's so slow. It's too slow. I like swiping.
0: But no, think about it though. I mean, if Touch ID isn't working, so Touch ID on my 6+, plus, if I've got a slightly sweaty thumb or, or whatever, it doesn't work. So it's like I'm having to do a couple of different things. I'm having to turn my phone on, then I'm having to swipe. So why don't I just press the button on its own and then enter in my... So on my 5, for example, I don't even have Touch ID. So I just press the button and I've got the passcode. But what you do have instead on here is if you swipe... Swipe one way, it opens up the camera. You're not having to do that funny swipe up from the bottom. And if you swipe the other way, you get notifications.
3: Okay, that's quite nice. That has moved all the way around. That started, I think, at the top. You came down for the camera and then you came up from the bottom. Now it's in from the right. That has moved all the way around the interface.
0: It's like an episode of 80s cheap TV sitcom Crossroads and the end titles at the end that just came in from different directions. Anyone remember that?
3: I don't. A bit like Parks and Rec, beginning
1: of Parks and Rec. You're all too young. But in summary, it feels like to me, Apple have sat around and they've gone, hey, we can't think of anything that's actually innovative or useful. So let's just bolt on some fancy crap and tweak and change things a bit. Oh, there you go, get on with it. That's what iOS 10 is to me. But I think
3: that's that's good. Refinement's good. Making things subtly better is good.
0: Is it refinement or is it messing around for the sake of it?
3: I'm all for that. Can I just give you my thoughts on iOS 10? Oh yes, pl- please do. I haven't installed it. My main reason for not installing it is because it's the apps that I use. I don't want to not be able to get to them.
1: BBC iPlayer doesn't work on on, on iOS ten. <laughs> no, it's really
3: annoying. I use so many apps on my phone now. I can't. I can't not have them working. I do want the updates to the watch. I really, really want mm. those. I'm slightly worried though.
0: There's no public beta for the watch. Is there not? No, it's only developer beta.
3: That's probably a good thing, because if you brick a watch, you're going to be queuing up at the Genius Bar. The thing that worries me most about the watch is glances are gone. And the, I would say the now playing glance, I use so much.
1: It's a refinement wheel, come on.
3: I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying I'm worried. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against it, Jeff. I'm just worried it's a refinement <laughs> if it's as good because you can now dock now playing if it works as quickly as i use the now playing glance i'm happy all happy about that but to me it's one of my default press the screen flick up and then use the digital crown to adjust the volume hit in the middle to pause and then use back and forward i use that all the time I'm quite looking forward to the watch faces you just swipe left and right now to change. Because I use a lot of different faces and some of them I just have complications loaded on them so that I can quickly glance what's my battery like, what's my exercise status like, that kind of thing. I have a work face, I have a weekend face, I have a nighttime face and I have a morning (laughs) charging face. So I have those four faces. What about on your watch? (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: I'm just looking forward to having an Apple Watch where the apps actually work and you press, you you tap on an app that you want to open and you don't cross your fingers, wait half an hour and then have to go to your iPhone and launch
1: the app So this might be the version of the watch where I actually think, oh, it's quite good and get one Is that what you're saying? It's It's got to that point
3: I like being able to wear my watch at night and charge it for an hour in the morning So I'm usually hitting around 50 between 40 and 50 percent when I wake up and an hour an hour and a bit on charge will give it enough back to get me through the day and the night again if it's going to be using more processor power to keep all of the apps running that's definitely good but I'm worried about my charge. I might have to start charging it before I go to bed as well as in the morning but I'll have to see
0: in which case it's ripe time for a new version of the hardware with a slightly better battery life that will just get you all the way through the night.
3: That would be good. Yeah.
1: What if Apple brought out a smart battery case, which, you know... A smart battery watch
3: case. At the height of your watch, to, like, to be like tw- twice the thickness. <laughs> well, someone kick-started that idea. There's like a little hidden flap on the side, and they realized if you yank that off, you could charge through it. And they designed a strap with batteries in oh, it. Oh, it's horrible, horrible thing.
1: For the benefit of all our viewers, stroke listeners, I'm sure Will will edit out the preamble. It's, it's like Have I Got News For You. We have a little bit of preamble before we go at the beginning. So if you're watching the extra version, then you'll have heard today how, how David is in a grouchy mood. So apparently anything I, I say today is making him a little bit tetchy. So that's why he was telling me off there.
3: It's the uh, heat. Jeff,
1: I'm, Jeff. I'm just... <laughs> Hello, I love you.
0: <laughs> Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. What I was going to say... Yeah, sorry,
3: I I jumped in in front of you.
0: What I was going to say is, Jeff, I think you like the Russian Drug Administration. You're taking the piss. And secondly, (laughs) we're talking about iOS 10 here and about it being like little add-ons but nothing revolutionary. Reading some of the rumours about the iPhone that's going to be coming with it, the so-called iPhone 7. Okay, yeah, go for it. What have we got? That is, in a way, very similar to what iOS 10 sounds to be. It's got some little tweaks here and there, but... Materially, it's pretty much the same. It's got the unibody design without the antenna lines on the back. It's got a larger camera.
3: Is it coming in blue? Is that the latest rumour?
0: I haven't seen a blue one. I was reading uh, Gordon Kelly is prolific uh, writing about the iPhone 7 on Forbes. And one of the things that he was speculating on, other people have been speculating on as well, is that actually Apple is saving its, its big Shazam for next year. Well, it's going to be the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. So
1: it might be worth holding off and waiting until next year.
3: Well, I was going to say, you're both on sixes, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to upgrade? Were you planning to upgrade this year?
0: My phone's going to be 18 months old in September when the iPhone 7, if it's even called the 7 and the updates seem to be so incremental, you could almost construct an argument. 6SX that, yeah, the iPhone 7X or something like that. I don't know, my iPhone 6 Plus is still doing the job. The battery life has suffered a bit. I'm going to rebuild, you know, going to reinstall from scratch shortly just to see if that gives it a bit of a kick. But unless there's something really major with the camera, and I mean really major... You love your cameras. I do love my cameras. Mine's quite good as it is. It's I I don't know. From what I've seen so far, from the leaks I've seen, and so far the leaks have been... Well, you know, here are the two phones next door to each other.
3: Spot the difference.
0: From sources that have got a good track record of, of leaking iPhone releases, there are no secrets anymore when it comes to Apple announcements, it seems. Certainly for iPhones and iPads, there hasn't been a secret for years. There's not enough there to push me over the edge and make me spend almost a
1: grand on a new one.
0: How about you,
3: Jeff? What, what were your plans? Say you didn't know what was coming
1: if it's compatible with the smart battery case that that would help but if it's not that would p- probably make me not get one and now that i know that there's maybe something big next year coming for you know
3: that's a thing
1: you know iphone 10 iphone x what if what if here's here's a speculative thought because i think ios 10 is a very powder puff upgrade what if it's because they've sort of uh, been letting their secondary engineers work on the iOS upgrade, and they've got their first-class engineers working on the next big thing, and maybe next year there will be, there will be something. The A-Team have actually been quietly working on something that is gonna be amazing, but it won't be ready until next year. Next year.
3: I'm not upgrading this year, anyway.
1: You say that, and then you always do.
3: No, I don't. Well,
1: no, you no. will. No. You Jeff? Say, well, you- okay,
3: <laughs> Jeff, here's my history of phones. Original iPhone, iPhone 4. You never went 3G? iphone 5s iphone 6s my reason for not upgrading this year is i bought my phone outright on a credit card interest-free because it was cheaper to pay it off over two years that way and get a sim only deal
1: yeah i did the same yeah
3: and i got a one to eight gig i've got my spark battery case i'm happy i don't i don't want to mess around with it i don't want to upgrade i hate upgrading i actually hate upgrading my phone
1: i'll wait and see if there's any big rev- rev- revolutionary thing but i don't think there is going to be that so probably i won't be chomping up the bit
3: and when i've hit the end of each phone it's always felt a little bit slow or a bit cramped on space and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not feeling that at all on my 6s i've still got i've got about 30 gig freely. I've i've put some music on it now
1: Obviously, I do have to buy a non sixteen gigabyte phone that that is taken as red. That... Well, that is one of the release rumours, isn't it? That their base level
0: phone will now be thirty two gig minimum, which let's face it, makes absolute sense.
3: But Jeff, I do think for the sake of the podcast, you should stay on the bottom tier, <laughs> <laughs> just for that user perspective. I think that just helps create content, and that's that's one of the things you bring to this experience. Thanks very much.
1: I am I am that person. Speaking of discontinued phones, there was a
0: a, a rumour about BlackBerry. Will, I know you're a big BlackBerry fan.
3: I'm not a big BlackBerry fan. I... OK,
0: a medium to small size BlackBerry fan.
3: Actually, no, I am a big BlackBerry fan. I'm not a big user of BlackBerry. I use it specifically for certain things in my life.
1: Will doesn't use his BlackBerry at weekends, I found out recently. That's what I found out.
3: Yes, I don't. I I, I turn it off. I finally have that work-life split, and I've moved my email onto my iPhone, so I can still see it. But no one can call me about work stuff over the weekend, or text me about it.
1: Will once gave me very specific instructions to only ever text his Blackberry and
3: never his iPhone. For a long time, you didn't have the iPhone number.
1: I know, I didn't. The the day I got the number, you were like, no, no, don't, no, don't. You were like, this is a special occasion, Jeff. (laughs) Don't message me all the time on this number. But now, recently, I've gained your trust enough to to be allowed to message your iPhone?
3: There are four levels. There's, you don't have my number at all. There's, you have my BlackBerry number. You have my iPhone number, but only for emergency. Emergencies. And then you have default iPhone and BlackBerry's secondary. So you're on the top tier. Will, am I at level... Really, am I at am I, am I level four? I've top tiered. It's you, David, Beck, and that's about it, really.
1: I am... So thrilled. Thank you. So you, you clearly have to edit this all out, but, but you've become a lot more sociable uh, lately because, like, for a whole year, you sent, like, six tweets, right? You've sent six tweets ju- just, just today. So something is clearly going on in your life where you've, where you've decided to be a bit more chatty.
3: I think I have a podcast to promote. Ah! <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: all of a sudden, I've become active. How did that happen?
0: Anyway, anyway, coming back to BlackBerry, I think it was the New York Times put out a post couple of weeks ago, maybe, saying no more keyboards on Blackberries, And I think BlackBerry lost something like 670 odd million dollars last quarter.
3: I don't see the point of a BlackBerry without a keyboard because the keyboard is the BlackBerry, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Kind of the point in many ways. You know, I got rid of my Q10 last year, my BBS,
3: And that was running BB10, wasn't it?
0: The second, I think, BB10 device.
3: Still on BB7. Creaky... Creaky, slow, no emoji BB7. Although WhatsApp somehow has got emoji support into its BB app. But you text me and I can't see in an emoji, as Jeff found out.
1: <laughs> Did it come through as some strange Unicode character or something?
3: Just a square, I think it was. I'll have a look.
0: Anyway, while you're looking, BlackBerry, New York Times reported and it got copied on elsewhere. I don't know if New York Times were the first ones actually. Uh, saying BlackBerry's doing away with keyboards and the internet kind of fell over itself in a
3: meh for a second. A black square. Just a black square.
0: A black square.
3: A bit like what you sent, Jeff.
0: Uh Yes, maybe not quite as large. No, it was not, tiny, was tiny black large, square. Pretty large, actually. From BlackBerry saying, we're losing loads of money, we're going to get rid of our keyboards on our phones. Turns out they're not getting rid of keyboards on their phones at all. There was just the kind of like BlackBerry classic phone that they seem to be discontinuing and it's like well well so there's actually not much going on there apart from the fact blackberry's losing so much money i don't know how it can continue with hardware
3: there are three rumored new blackberries
0: and what are they like the prev
3: they're like is it prev or the prev i would have thought it was a prev for privacy
0: well it's on that it's on android so that probably says a lot about its privacy
3: well, they are going to be three new Android ones. I think the Priv is too big. It's about as big as your 6 Plus. That's no go for me. That's far too big. I like the, to- like the slide-out keyboard. That's one of my favourite things about this phone is mm. when, it, when it was fast and worked was you had touchscreen and then you flick it up. Ah, the flick up's so good. It's that kind of really good, solid sound. And then you've got the keyboard. Tape, tape, tape,
0: and no apps to distract you.
3: I want something small, about this size. I want this phone running Android. That's what I want. Because the keyboards are so good. I'll be happy with that.
0: Yeah, well, good, good luck with that. I don't think BlackBerry's going to have a hardware business for very much longer the way things are going.
3: Should we run back, back to follow-up? We actually have follow-up because we're live now. Don't tell anyone that we recorded stuff before we went live. We'd never do that. I am Mr. Dom on Twitter. He's, he's tweeted just a couple of times. He's talked about Pluxit. He's gone from a plus to an SE. Did you just, did you just call that Plexit? Pluxit. That's ha- he, that was his term. Hashtag Pluxit. That's genius. <laughs> so yeah, so Pluxit. David, are you tempted to Pluxit?
0: Certainly not. Certainly not. My wife is an iPhone 5c and I think the iPhone SE might be a good upgrade for her because she doesn't want a big phone. She might go for an iPhone 6s or, you know, not not the plus. But but the 5sE, yeah,
1: on price alone might work quite well for her.
3: How about you, Jeff? Would you go up or go down in a size?
1: Well, I'm assuming that that the 7 will be in the two sizes. I I'd, I'd never have a a 6 Plus, I should tell you what my friend Matt, who I think you know, well, you've met maybe once, um, uh, did, is that when the six and six S's were were announced, he found out the actual size and he cut pieces of cardboard to the shape.
3: <laughs> I mean, it is brilliant. It's weird, but brilliant.
1: And wait for it. No, it gets better. And then he found out how much they weighed. Did he put coins on them, taped some coins to them? And he put coins on them, and he said i take coins to the cardboard to make them the precise weight of it. And then he went, he walked around for a week with them in his pocket. It's brilliant. Sort of seeing which he preferred, that's how he decided.
3: <laughs> and which did he go for?
1: The 6, and not the, not, the, not, not the plus, so yeah.
3: When I pre-ordered my 6S, the first thing I did was I pre-ordered the 6S pink one to eight gig, because I knew that would be the highest demand. And then, uh, literally about 10 minutes later, I thought, nah, fuck it. I'll pre-order a plus as well. Cause I know I can just turn up and cancel it. Smart thinking. So I had two on order, turned up on the day, got got the plus out, tried, tried. It's too, it's too big. It's just too big. It is too big. The face of it is too big for me. I mean, I actually think my six, I think my six is too big. But then I've been using my 5s more because I've I've kind of turned it into a podcast listening, Fitbit running tracking hotspot.
0: So you've got a second device like, like I have, like my five.
3: Kind of, but I'm not. It's got very specific uses. So I'm Bluetooth speakering to that speaker over there when I want podcasts while I'm working which is very rare. It's only when I'm doing some fixing up on an edit. I'm using it running because it's a lot lighter. And I'm now using it as a hotspot.
0: A lot lighter? Really?
3: It's a lot. Well, compared to six with the battery pack.
0: Okay, when you've got your camelback on the back, yeah.
3: But even the size of this without that on for running is just its just too much. You just don't want it in because you still have to put it in a belt and the lighter you can make that the better definitely
0: I think it's a measure of how used I've got to my 6 plus that when I go back to typing on my five, doing a lot of lifting up my five tonight but when I go back to typing on this thing boy I struggle so much I mean I've not got massive thumbs but because I've been used to the larger keyboard on the plus going back down to a non plus sized phone
1: it's a real struggle
3: well I find it even just going from the 6s to the 5s I find the keyboard very cramped
1: I quite often use Vicky's phone, my girlfriend, she has a 5, and I'm like, this is so tiny, it's really weird from a 6 to a 5.
3: I know, it's, just, it's what you get used to, But so what I really want is the screen size of a 6S in a phone the size of a 5S, and the battery life of the smart battery case in the weight of not having a smart battery case. That's all I want. With a keyboard like a Blackberry. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't ask for much. Well that
1: that's that's next year's that's next year's tenth anniversary iPhone wheel. That's what you have to wait for.
3: I'm not pluxiting, I'm not even six exiting. Moving on from that, talking about recent uses for my 5S. So following up on me going abroad for a month and what I'm doing with data, I found a new option. Ooh, what have you got? David, can you guess what my new option is? Go.
0: Um well, I don't know. You're on Vodafone. So has it got something more to do with Vodafone?
3: I'm already on Vodafone. I'm already on 3. But I need... Here are my specific needs. I need to be able to create a hotspot. I need to have free roaming. I need to have a one-month contract. And I need between 12 and 20 gigabytes of data. Data.
0: One-month contract. Dunno. Tell me what you've done.
3: Tesco Mobile. Tesco Mobile.
0: Tesco Mobile, right. And how much is that costing you?
3: So, here's what it's costing.
1: Where are you going? Where are you travelling to?
3: I'm going to France. Oh dear. I know. (laughs) We're going to have some t-shirts made that say, Je suis la 48%.
1: Oh, no. Only because I know someone that also went to Tesco Mobile. And and then, because it was the best option, uh, pretty much as you described. And then when he went to France, it didn't roam properly at all for the whole week. And he was really annoyed.
3: Well, I've been told, I've been promised, I've been oh. promised it will.
1: I, I worry for
3: you. Okay, <laughs> well, don't worry, I've got a backup three sim anyway. Oh, okay. But in my 5S, I now have, because this, this was seamless, so I was having to, oh, I've lost my lights, sorry, just need to just do something behind me. I thought there was something wrong with the shot. There we go. Please tell, me, please tell me you're controlling your lights with an app. I would do, but it's actually quicker just to reach under and press the button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Normally, I would true. do it with an app. So in my 5S, it was it was simless, so I was just using Wi-Fi on it. But what I wanted was a sim that I could put in here or in a MyFi. fi And it would be quite nice just to have, like, 500 megabytes of data on this per month so when i'm out running because i'm kind of non-contactable when i'm running because i don't take my main phone i've got my watch but obviously you can't do anything on your watch without your phone Mm. so to have some just in case i like run into a ditch and fall over and break a leg it'd be nice to have some sort of lifeline just for that so for 10 pounds a month i get 500 megabytes 5,000 minutes, 5,000 texts, something ridiculous, something I'm never going to use. And then for £23, I can add on 20 gigabytes. And Tesco has what's called Home From Home, which is only EU and kind of four countries that are slightly EU, like we are now. And It's only from, I think, May to September. So it's not the full year round. But they do allow tethering. I've tried it out. SIM is in my phone. I can tether on it. It's logged on to the Tesco mobile. You get 4G as well. That's what they've promised me. So unlike 3 when you're roaming on 3 you've only got 3G. So this should be 4G. But I also have... In this MiFi, a backup three SIM with 20 gigabytes of data as well, and I've also timed the dates of when I started the contract so it rolls over in the middle of the month. So mid-month, I'll get, I'll have 20 gig for the first half of the month. Actually, 40 gig across the two SIMs, and second half of the month, I'll have another 40 gig. So should be should be enough to keep me going.
0: Sounds sounds very good. I've actually just cancelled one of my data contracts with uh, EE. I was a, a a T-Mobile customer ages ago when I had one of those PC cards that you pushed into the side of your of your laptop. Um, that's long I've been a customer for, and I was paying about fifteen quid fifteen quid a month for maybe only about four or five gigs a month. But it was it was useful as a backup because EE's got terrific service. Terrific, good, good quality, nice and fast.
3: They do have pretty good network.
0: Yeah, much better than my Vodafone network, to be honest with you. So I, I kind of kept it ticking over because I was using it at times when my Vodafone was letting me down, particularly on trains, uh, on on public transport. But then I was thinking, I'm paying fifteen quid plus VAT, whatever. Um, for something I'm really only using as a backup, there must be a better way. I know what. Why don't I go to pay as you go? So that I, you know, I've got 20 gigs worth of data a month on my on my Vodafone. So I'll use that as a hotspot. But just for those times when I cannot, then have uh, have EE pay as you go. However, pay as you go's changed, and it's very rare, very rare indeed, that you can find a pay as you go that's actually pay as you go in the traditional sense of the word. They're monthly, and if you don't use your allowance at the end of the month, it all disappears again. Now, pairs you go, when I was a lad...
3: Back in the good old days.
0: Back in the day, pairs you go, you paid for a chunk of minutes or texts or picture messages or data, and, you know, you had six months, 12 months in which to use it, and then that was it. But now, no, 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 no. It's almost like you're back on a contract again. The only thing is, pairs you go is now not a contract, but you've still got a monthly commitment to keep up, otherwise you'd lose all of your access. And that that really sucks. I found one or two services where I could pay, you know, uh, 30 quid and get 20 gigs worth of data and so on. But oh, it's just a bit of a faff. I think three does that. But it, there's it that the world has changed when pairs you go does not mean pairs you go anymore. And I'm very disappointed. I was very sad to leave EE as well, because they've also just started an offer. If you're a football fan, then you get BT Sport, part of the EE-BT merger.
3: Oh, I, BT Sport annoys me.
0: W- what, why does BT... You don't even like sports.
3: Exactly. I don't want to subsidise that crap. <laughs> it's paid for by everyone, and I get no benefit. I would rather have cheaper, better broadband without any sport included. And sport's not cheap. Sport sports rights are pretty damn expensive.
0: Yeah, you damn right they are. BT's paid a lot of money for the Premiership and the Champions League in particular.
3: And that's one of the reasons I left BT, was I'm not I'm not getting any benefit from this. Someone's got to pay for it. It's not going to be me. And also Virgin got better, so I went jump back to Virgin.
0: I am a sports fan and I know that if I if i sign up to BT, which I'm actually doing for my parents.
3: Yeah. That's fine. All the sports people should have their own broadband <laughs> and the non sports people should be allowed to have a cheaper version. I know it doesn't work like that with economics, but
1: bit of a tangent. I was in Germany for the day on Friday in um was that Siemens. You were? You
3: you um periscoped. Did that cost you three pounds a day to do that? <laughs> yes it did, yes. Or have you got the free roaming now? No, I have Euro Traveller. Jeff This is No, you don't even need to do that. No, what has it changed? Oh my god, what? The thing I missed last time was so I got the—I managed to get a new contract with free roaming, which was great. But I've also got free roaming. You can now get inclusive roaming on Vodafone in Europe. Forty countries on a new contract. When we talked about this last time, were you even listening?
1: I was clearly not listening to that part of the
3: podcast. So in summary, Vodafone now has free roaming in Europe for certain plans. What? This
1: is brand this is brand new information to me. This is brand new.
3: It's, it's it's new. It is new. So I recontracted because I'd been on one month notice for a long time, just waiting for a new BlackBerry still not happening and also a better deal on something. I wasn't just going to recontract for nothing. So I recontracted on on Vodafone to get the free European roaming. And then, this is the thing I forgot to say last time and why I will always love Vodafone. Beck's phone is also on the same account and she had recently upgraded. So she still had about 18 months to run on her contract. And I asked whether they could enable the free European roaming on her account, even though it's still got 18 months to run And they said yes.
2: Ooh.
0: Interesting. I'm looking at the Vodafone website right now and uh, free roaming with all big value bundles. If you're a new customer or you're upgrading to one of the latest bundles, you can now enjoy roaming 40 countries, 4 gigs. However, you scroll down a little bit and it does have a little thing saying, actually, existing customers change your bundle to enjoy inclusive roaming. Don't worry, the end date of your current contract won't change.
1: I've already got quite a good bundle, so I, don't, I would have to change it to something not as good to get free roaming.
3: Well, you've got to work it out, Jeff. Cost-benefit analysis. Don't just stay on a good bundle if it's going to cost you more in the long run. Got to look into it. I was
0: going to say, when I upgraded my Vodafone, they offered me this to say, hey, if you start a new deal, then, then this. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute, let me do the maths on that. I would have to spend forty days a year abroad in order for this to be better off than the deal that you're giving me instead. So, uh, so I chose not to.
3: All of my deals are the same price as they were, and one of them has more data, and they're the same price. And now I've got roaming. So, that's to me is a quite a good cost benefit analysis.
0: It is literally doing the math, Jeff.
3: Okay. So that's, I think, all of the follow-up.
1: So Jeff, you went to Dusseldorf for the day. I would, we were just talking about better broadband, and all I was going to say was, I was at Siemens, and I, I said, is there Wi-Fi? They went, yeah, yeah, it's free, just just connect. And I got like 30 meg down and 30 meg up. And I was like, that's a good upload speed. And they were like, yeah, that's pretty normal. And, and chatting to some of them to some of the German people there. They seem to suggest that all sort of you know service providers there offer same upload speeds as they do down. That's kind of like a, sta- it's like a standard thing.
3: One time when David, David and I were doing a show for Samsung at Mobile World Congress, and we plugged into their on-show broadband, and I think it was 100 meg up, 100 meg down, and that was getting ah, on for- yeah. It was a long time ago. It was one of my first screenshotting speed tests because I was just like, that's amazing. And this is why... and this is why we should stay in Europe. There are many reasons we should stay in Europe, Jeff.
0: Right, so the A in ADSL – DSL is Digital Subscriber Line – and that's how we get much of our broadband. The A is asymmetrical, and that means different upload to download. Whereas in many other countries, Europe, um, America, but by the sounds of it, it's SDSL, which is
3: Symmetrical Digital Subscriber Line. I've looked into SDSL, and it's so expensive here.
0: Yeah. It's because they figure they can make savings. And I can kind of understand that for the majority of people... Download is what they want. It's just people who are chugging around big data files like like all three of us do from time to time.
1: But now that people are putting things in the cloud, now that the cloud is a thing, surely we need upload just as much as we need download.
3: I couldn't agree more. When I first started Fixation Video with uh, my old business partner Susie, we both worked from home, but we obviously need to exchange massive video files between us. And we looked into the costs of getting SDSL and it was cheaper to get an office that we could physically <laughs> go to in the day and exchange our big data files there. Now it has improved. So my Virgin, I think I get about 15 meg up on that.
0: It's about 10% of your download with Virgin it kind of works out.
3: I keep pushing myself onto the highest one they'll offer me. Which is still yeah. fine. When it works, it works really well. But I would still, 100 meg up, I could easily, I'm still waiting for stuff to sync. Dropbox is constantly syncing for me. Mm. And some of my exports will be four or five gig, and it can take an hour or what? so for that to upload. That's crazy. Well, like an hour, an hour talk, at, you know, high bitrate match source, it's about four or five gig. Anyway, Germany, like it, just saying. What
1: were we doing in Germany, Jeff? Looking at trains. Cool. Yeah. Trains... Trains is my other job. I do train things.
3: Do you? Do you like trains, Jeff?
1: Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I like railways, but not trains. We've uh, done this
3: before,
0: haven't we? <laughs> oh. Oh, well, no, no, hang on a minute. That's a distinction that I hadn't picked up on before. You don't like trains.
3: Yeah. Ah, see? So is... It's a tube a railway? Yes. Or is it a mass transit system?
1: I like the ergonomics and design of how a transport system is you know, is put together and scheduling.
3: and. So it's the moving people specifically rather than the way they are moved.
1: To use a technical term, it's the permanent way. It's the how it all links together. But the actual locomotive itself, yeah, less fast.
0: It's technology, isn't it? Not interested in that. Yeah,
1: I quite like knowing how signalling works and you know, how points move at the right time and the right place and all that kind of stuff. But I don't really care what train it is. I really don't. Interesting. But, but weirdly, weirdly, because others don't make the distinction or people just make the, an assumption, sometimes I find myself playing up and people going, oh, what do you think of this train? And, and, I, and I feign interest. That's
3: unlike you, Jeff.
1: Yeah, and, uh, just uh, just, to, uh, just to sort of, you know, play ball or play train. But
0: I guess if you like the tracks unless less the trains, then you're a fan of maps. And I know, I know you're a fan of, of maps, and, and so am I. I've got a big map behind me a fun map behind me i've got them all over the house as well you've been to my house you've seen some of my maps
1: i am i'm I'm considering for the next fractals turning my camera 180 because over there people on the wall in front of me which is behind the camera is my train map of london
3: jeff just just a quick quick tip i don't work this way round. oh okay (laughs) (laughs) sorry the most interesting thing behind me i'm usually the other way around at
1: Sorry, in front of I don't know, it's weird. It still freaks me out in the viewfinder when I rise my right hand and it looks like I'm rising my left hand because it's not it's not a mirror, it's an inverted yeah. video image. In.
3: You could flip it. You could flip it in the camera. There's is, there's a, is there a yeah, there's is a there left a hor- right flip and is there's there a, an up down flip. No, there's not. Yep. Oh, all wow. of those. okay, I might do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just to go back, Jeff, C one hundred, have you ever seen the temperature?
1: It has a fan in it. It tells you how hot your camera is, right?
3: It's just given me a temperature warning. It was yellow, and I was like, what's that yellow thing I've never seen before? And then I I thought, what's that red... Oh, what's that red thing that looks like a thermometer?
1: Should we have a thermometer check? I'm now on on 28, everybody, 28. It's 27 degrees in my kid's room.
3: I'm on 30.2, so I've come down 0.1 of a degree. It's not enough to get rid of the red thermometer. But I've opened the window, so... You'll hear their pub across the street, but it won't be as hot in here and hopefully the camera won't die. Let's do Pokemon. You've got a map behind you, David.
0: One massive map that's just been launched is the world. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, no. Oh,
3: Don't
0: get me started again. You're going to get me all grumpy again. I thought I was the grumpy one tonight.
3: We're both grumpy, Jeff. Why are you grumpy?
1: Because everyone's like, oh, there's this great mapping game that you can play on your phone called Pokemon. And And you're like, like, there
3: is one, it's been around for
1: years. One is called geocaching, two it's called Munzee, and three it's called Ingress. So why the hell is Pokemon getting all the attention all of a sudden?
3: Just for the people that aren't aware, Jeff, what is geocaching?
1: Admittedly, it did start before smartphones and apps were a thing, and their physical... Containers hidden around the world using GPS locations.
3: And who hides these?
1: Uh, anyone. Anyone that is a signed up user to the website can, can hide and, and locate them.
3: And how do you find them?
1: You log into the website, there's a map, you know, at the moment it uses the Google Maps API, or actually, no, it's sorry, it used to use Google Maps API and then it switched to OpenStreetMap and it shows you where in the world, in the country, in your town, all these things are. And you click on them and each cache has a page, it has GPS coordinates. Now, in the old days, you'd literally physically print out onto paper. The, de- the descriptor page of that cache.
3: Can I make a prediction? You had a GPS that wasn't a smartphone.
1: Yes, God, I've still got, <laughs> where is it? It's on my shop here. I've still got a GPS to see that it isn't a smartphone,
3: yeah. And did you buy that specifically for geocaching? Yeah,
1: and also it was at the time when open to Street Map had just started and a lot of roads weren't mapped. So I spent about six months of my life on my bike, cycling around all the local streets, oh, wow. uh, logging where all the roads were and then uploading it. So I was one of the first uploaders to, to OpenStreetMap. Do
3: you get any credit for that? I think it's like first map by Jeff or Jeff Tech? I, I don't know. I'm guessing you were still Jeff Tech back then. I was have always been Jeff Tech
1: from birth, from the womb. But you'd print out <laughs> the geocache details on a piece of paper and you'd type the coordinates in into your GPS receiver and then you'd walk off into the, into the wilderness and find it. Then, you know, Apple came along, changed the world, apps came out and now you can just do it using an app.
3: Once you find a geocache, what do you then do?
1: Each has a physical log inside, which you're bound by the terms and conditions of the geocaching website to sign in the log means you've got it. Like, see so if you can see one up a tree, you can't just go, oh, I've found it. No, you actually have to get your hand on it, open it up and sign the log. If it's, if it's a small one, there's just a log inside. Sometimes you can get larger physical containers and they often contain treasure and toys. Again, that is a good kid activity if you can find large ones which have treasure inside.
3: So I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, that you were meant to take something along and exchange it for what you found. The trouble is, Geocaching started in
1: non-urban areas. It started out, you know, sort of in deserts and fields, and then it's kind of moved into the cities, which became a subcategory of urban caches. And urban caches are very small. You know, they're like tiny 35 mil film pots. And the smaller the cache, the less chance you can of having a treasure or toy in it. So I would say about 90% of the time, there's no swapping treasure only like it if I get if if I find a geocache which has got something inside I'm like oh oh there's a thing inside it happens very rarely now because most caches are so small unfortunately
3: and what is the maximum number of geocaches that anybody has done in a single day Jeff It's like you're angling for something there Will I'm just asking I'm just asking questions I'm a facilitator
1: Yeah I can see that
3: so, uh, the
1: most cash is that um, you can team up into teams. Okay. So, I know that there's a YouTube video of a family in America. They're in Nevada. Oh, I'd get behind that. They went to bed at 6pm the evening. They woke up at 11. They packed their food. And at midnight, they got their first cash. And the family rotated, sleeping, driving, caching. Clever. And they wanted to see how many they could get in 24 hours. Because when you get one, it's logged to that date. The ultimate quest is, how many can you get in 24 hours? But if you're not that extreme... The other ultimate quest you can do is, well, how many c- can you get in
3: a regular waking day? And you're not an extreme person, Jeff. so how would you approach this?
1: Not really, no. So the other week, I got up at five in the morning and <laughs> went out with my friend Matt, he of the coins and the cardboard iPhone, um, and we attempted to do what's known in geocaching circles as 100 caches in a day. I saw the ambitious um, hashtag. This is the magical quest, is can you get a 100 in a day and i've tried it about three times now and have failed it every time because it's a lot harder than you think
3: is it possible is it actually possible yeah
1: i know someone that's got 107 and oh. they started at six in the morning and they finished at like 9pm in the evening and they did it by themselves.
3: Could you not find out their route? Is this as closely guarded as a tube route if you're doing the tube challenge? So people set up
1: like trails, you get actual trails where geocaches are like every 200 metres apart. And when I was doing it the other week, when you picked up my hashtag, I was on the trail of where this chap had got 107 in a row. And we did quite well. We got like 40 something, but we just didn't manage to get 100.
3: Can I ask an obvious question? You may. Can anybody... Place a geocache.
1: If you're a user of the geocaching website, yes, you can.
3: Could you not just place 100 within a very small area around you? I have considered doing (laughs) this using
1: my second fake geocaching login name, (laughs) placing them in locations which I already know, and then going back the next week and getting them all, yeah. The whole thing relies on honesty, because you could just go, I've seen it up a tree. Yeah, you can cheat as much as you like, but you're just cheating against yourself, so that's, that's it.
3: Jeff, final question. Keeping a running count on your arm. Is that, is that a stylistic, personal thing? or is that It's a Doctor Who reference. Okay, because I looked at your first photo and thought, hmm, he's not washed his arm. It was only when you <laughs> got to about five or six, I realised what... Actually, when you crossed the first one through, I realised what I did you were the doing. the first five.
1: For the benefit of all those, uh, sorry, that are watching, I'm now going to live... Decide so to go one, two... Three, four, five. Next summer, come next June, keep an eye on Twitter one day, Will, and th- there'll be another day that I've magically picked as the maybe this is the day we go out and get 100 geocaches.
3: Are you aware of Munzee? Munsey from the Crystal Maze?
1: Munzee. M M U N Z E E. The website is playmunzee.com. You should put that in the show notes.
3: No, I've never heard of this at all. So
1: Play Munzee is geocaching with QR codes. And, and the fun about this is that you can... St- is that you can stick them anywhere. And again, so they're not physical caches and then there is an app and it is just for
3: an app. So there are codes in the physical world that people have printed out and stuck places.
1: Yeah, and the really funny thing about this is that you can then put them almost anywhere. I've known people put them, like, inside restaurants, inside a menu card, that kind of <laughs> thing. You can put them in much more sneaky places.
3: How are you going to get that menu? Exactly. And the restaurant might
1: go, what's this crap? When Munzee first started, there was some kind of talk that it would drive you, you know, into certain businesses, you know, to, you know, to make you go to find a Munzee inside a, a certain place.
3: Oh, a bit like a lure.
1: But I've seen them on, like, telephone junction boxes next to a, a, a QR code which actually means something, you know, to that company or business. And then someone's put a Munzee QR code next to the valid QR code. So you can hide them in, in really d- devious places.
3: So you could basically prank prank the QR codes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> QR code pranking. Yeah.
1: There's one in Sydenham, where I live, on, on the railway station at Sydenham, has a genuine... Like, the contractor that maintains that railway bridge has got a QR code with details of that bridge. And someone has then stuck a Munzee QR code next to it. And every morning I see it, it always makes me chuckle.
3: <laughs> so that's Nunzee. So, yes. How many Nunzees in a m- day? M- Is it called a Nunzee? Do m- you do a Nunzee? A Mumzee, a Nunzee?
1: Munzee. M- I, I don't really do it. I kind of dabbled with it a little right. bit. And then I, I, got, I got bored of it but quite stu- quickly. But you
3: stuck I, to the Cordier cash.
1: I prefer my geocaching. And then there's green versus blue. We all know about... I want to say Ingress. It is Ingress, isn't it?
3: It is Ingress, yes. I don't know Ingress either.
0: Funnily enough, I, I was writing a thing about um, virtual reality and augmented reality gaming.
3: AVR. Augmented virtual reality. It's going to catch on.
0: <laughs> it was when Ingress, I think, was probably still in, in beta. But uh, but yes, and you know, there was uh, Ingress and a couple of others. And Ingress took off, you know, became... Still niche, to be fair, still very popular. You know, I ch- I chat with people and, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know Ingress, you know, portals over there and stuff. But it never really made the big time. And then, obviously, what's happened with Pokemon Go happened.
3: So this all relates to Pokemon, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, Niantic Labs, which was part of Google until October 2015, I think it was, uh, or thereabouts when the whole Alphabet reorganisation happened, um, Niantic Labs got spun off. Google is still a, he- a heavy investor. I
3: thought you say Google's still around. I thought that was going to be your follow up to that.
0: <laughs> They're still going alright. Still there, but obviously Alphabet is the parent company, and Google is just one of the um, one of its wings.
3: That it was confusing. So Pokemon Go was rolled out. <laughs> Did you just call it Po Pokemon? Pokemon Go. Pokemon. How else do you say it? Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. You're saying Pokemon. It's. I can't say it now. I mean, you do say you say Pokemon. That's that's kind of how you say it, but it's Pokemon.
1: Oh, you're saying Pokemon. Okay, as long as it's Pokemon, we're fine. Okay. Well, it's short for Pocket Monster,
0: isn't it? So it's a contraction of, of Pocket Monsters.
3: How would you say it, Jeff? Pokemon. 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 So Pokemon <laughs> rolled out across the world and got got held up as as it became this huge global phenomenon. And that meant the UK got left behind as usual. So I jumped onto my US app store account to download it, which I frequently use for apps that are not available in the UK. But first thing I did was search the UK store and there was some spam app sitting at the top saying Pokemon Go something or other.
0: Was that the helper app or something? Pokemon Go helper or something?
3: I think it was even more dodgy than that. Then when I saw Niantic Labs, I then just Googled that to double check because I was expecting Nintendo. That was kind of what I was looking for was Nintendo.
0: My point is that in a way this is what mobile gaming should be about, right It's using the assets of your mobile device it's using the camera, it's using the GPS it's using the fact that it's bloody well mobile rather than trying to recreate the you know the experience of sitting in front of a console and playing in front of a 50inch screen which on a, you know on a four, five- inch screen just doesn't work mobile gaming is exactly what Pokemon go. Has done. It surprises me it's taken so long, but boy, it's hit hard and it's really working.
3: Spin back. Spin back to 2010. Yeah. There was a great mobile game. It involved moving around, it involved going to locations, it involved pressing something on your phone when you were in that location, and that was Foursquare.
0: I was, I was early on Foursquare yeah. as well.
3: <laughs> That's what this reminds me of. I mean, I'm, I've, I've got the app. I haven't really played it. Mostly because I can't log in on the damn thing. Also because of the whole Google login issues and the fact that it took every single permission possible on your Google account.
1: That wasn't oversight by the developers, wasn't it? And it's now, But it, they've said, oops, we're sorry, and they've, and they've fixed it, right?
3: But I'm never, ever logging into anything with a Google account now. That's it. Burnt. It's done. It's too, it's too important. I might wow. use Twitter. I might use Facebook. But I am never, ever logging into any web service with a Google account anymore.
1: You heard what happened here, though, didn't you?
3: It was a mistake. Don't care. They could have got hacked in that time.
1: It was because the developers sort of had some inside knowledge. They were friends of Doesn't Google matter. or something. Or, Doesn't matter. Or they matter. used to
3: work for Google.
1: It used to be the same company. Yeah. Yeah, so so they, they knew, sort of, like, they weren't fresh to Their argument was, it's like, oh, sorry, yeah, we sort of used some in- inside tricks, which we sort of Don't forgot care. were special.
3: Not responsible use of logins. Yeah. Burned.
1: Anyway, the point is, have you seen people playing Pokemon, Pokemon, on the streets? That's hilarious.
3: I've seen people playing Pokemon on the streets.
1: Oh, God, yeah. All over
0: the place.
3: So there is, like, a Pokeball stop at the pub that you can probably hear because i've had to open the window because it's so hot a pokey stop. there is a stop there is it a gym or just a stop you can spin a thing and you get some pokeballs
1: i could tell you now that balham in south london there's a sainsbury's there and there's loads in the sainsbury's car park and apparently, like, groups of teenagers went up there at 1am <laughs> at, at, at the weekend. Not it's
3: all suspicious. Because
1: that was the quietest time, you know, for the, all of the servers. Because the servers have been busy all during the day. And so people are now going out at midnight, because that's when it gets quiet.
3: And it's really <laughs> to safe to go into unlit areas at midnight with your phone in front of your... Fa- yeah.
1: I got a press
0: release today on this. Uh, it was actually a GIF GAF has uh, announced Find, Catch, Share, which is a new mapping tool to help fans of Pokemon Go find and catch Pokemon. And it's at findcatchshare.com.
3: Businesses can put lures, 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 into the game. So people come to that. That's fucking genius. Charge businesses to put actual money into a game so then other people come and gather in your location. Oh, that's brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: The economics stacks up very well.
3: I also don't want to name names, but I bumped into two of my friends
1: the other day, quite by chance.
3: Were they poking your mum?
1: On the train, and they were both, well, one, one was poking his mum, and the other one sort of did a raised eyebrow thing and said, no, I've, I've, I downloaded it, he said, and I've now deleted it off my phone. Was that you, Jeff? Too many notifications. So that I don't become like him, and he pointed to his other half, and his other half was there w- with his backpack on, and a lightning cable coming out of his backpack, sort of permanently charging his phone. I've heard He was walking this around like a so- Smart battery case, Pokemon players. He was walking around like someone out of Ghostbusters going zap, 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 at every single point for the next half an hour. And it was just fascinating to watch him do it. So Jeff, I heard
3: that someone got 100 Pokemon in one day.
1: What? That's outrageous.
0: Easy, easy peasy. 100 Pokemon a day. Get out in an hour. Do
3: you reckon you could best that?
1: I'm not doing it. I'm too old for this (laughs) I'm not downloading it. Because I have an obsessive personality and I know that if I do download it, I would get sucked in very quickly. And so that's the main reason why I'm not downloading it. Plus, I sort of don't care.
3: You did really well on Swarm this week, Jeff. Sorry, just going back to Foursquare. Which became Swarm.
1: Are we friends on Swarm? Are we Swarm friends?
3: Oh, thanks, Jeff.
1: Will, you never use Swarm. Are you on Swarm, really? He uses it all the time.
3: I liked your frickin' check-in at Tesco Walthamstow when you came to Walthamstow. Anyway, going back, just to explain, Foursquare became Swarm, or the fun bit of Foursquare became Swarm, and the data, data of Foursquare became Foursquare. But I use, I use Swarm all the time. David's on Swarm. You're not. Will, you're not on Swarm. Maybe I blocked you. David is. You're not.
0: Will is definitely on Swarm.
3: In fact, David and I, my whole thing about Foursquare was it will enable impromptu meetups. In the same way that Facebook enables passive communication, that was one of the good things. But Will, you haven't checked in on Swarm this week, you see, so you're not appearing
1: in my top 10.
3: But my main thing about Foursquare was that it enables impromptu meetups. So you could-
1: Yeah, I agree. You could yes, be I in somewhere that, yes. and
3: not realize. So one time, it's only happened once, I was in Leicester Square with my kids. David checked in at South Bank. I texted David and said, let's meet up. So it
1: worked. So it did do the social engineering thing. It, it did, it worked.
3: worked. The only time it's ever worked. But you scored about 800 points on Swarm this week, Jeff? Yeah, that's easy to do. Yeah, it's, it's getting you, over 1,000 that's You hard. didn't even go to America. <laughs> I
1: know. You just got to use your stickers wisely. You knowing when to use your, your stickers.
3: Ah. Uh, I can't I can't be asked with that bit of it. And what about the coins? Yeah, what do you do with the coins? You buy stickers and then the stickers yeah, you, you buy, buy stickers on
1: stuff. And, you, and your stickers then act as multipliers for your points. Oh, f- that. That's how you get mega points.
3: No. No. Too too much. Too much thinking. If I remember to check in somewhere then I'm doing well. But are you going to go on Pokémon.
1: Have you even downloaded it to have a look?
3: I downloaded it. I found something on my desk. I can't remember what it was. Got the Pokeballs from the pub opposite. Tried to log in when I was in central London. Servers were down. Have not loaded it up since. Been very busy. Very busy. But
1: is the app, is the app on your phone or have you deleted it off your phone?
3: I never delete anything from my phone. I have. Do you want to know how many apps I've got on my phone Jeff? Are you ready? Have a guess.
1: If you have a 16 gig um, iPhone like me, you, end up, you, you, you do a lot of app management. It sounds to me like you don't do any app management. Have a guess. Hang on, how can you count how many apps are on your phone?
3: Settings, general, about.
1: What? No way. Do you want to do, you want to do a quick...
3: Uh... I want you to try and guess how many apps are on my phone.
1: Right, well, I'll tell you what. I've got...
3: And bear in mind, I used to do a daily app show.
1: I've got 42 apps on my phone.
3: It's a little bit more than that. Do you have
1: more than 100 apps on your phone? Higher. Do you have more than
3: two hundred and fifty apps on your phone? Higher. You've got more than two hundred and fifty apps. <laughs> I have three hundred and thirty-seven apps on my phone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's why I need a one to eight gig. I don't know why I hate upgrading. Yeah. But
1: you never delete any apps, do you? They're all like they're there the whole time.
3: It's got to the point where it's it's at bankruptcy. I go through the list, I find the biggest ones, the whales. That I'm not using, that are taking up space, delete them. Anything else, meh. can stay around. Well, I
1: might have to go anyway, so if you want to wind it down.
3: Yeah, I think we're done.
1: And I haven't even told you my Catherine Parkinson anecdote.
2: End of Fraculus. If your puny human minds can handle more, then follow on Twitter. At sign F R A C K U L O U S, or individually at sign david mcclelland d a v i d m c c l e l l a n d at sign jeff tech g e o f f t e c h at sign will head w i l l h e a d email your brains to hello at sign Traculous.com. I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. To catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause. Let's do
3: Pokemon. You've got a map behind you, David.
0: I do have a map. It's a, it's a word map of London. So you uh, find a bit of London where you are, and it's, uh, it's made of words of bits of things that that bit of London is famous for. Fascinating. Fascinating. I just haven't got round to getting it properly, um, properly framed up yet. But it is uh, an artist but called Alison, Alison Hardcastle.
3: Any relation of Paul?
0: No idea. No, it's no, 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 no idea. Ah, uh, thank you, Jeff. Thank you. You're welcome. And we're all showing our age now. <laughs> it's only people who are oh, yeah, over
3: thirty-five. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. It's fine.
0: Yeah, good yeah good, good good track.
3: Can you link
1: to the YouTube clip in the show notes will?
3: How did you know I was going to do that, Jeff? Because you're <laughs> utterly
1: comprehensive to the point of like you know, oh my god, you're in, you must spend like one hour just adding all links to sh- to the show notes that must take an hour.
3: So I spend about two thirds of the recording length doing it because I zip through at a high speed while I'm googling and then I'm compiling those into a document. And doing a final listen through.
1: Listeners, viewers, please click on some of the links, which Will has taken so much of his time providing for you because um, they're very good.
3: Anyway, back to your map, David, by Paul Hardcastle.
1: Maps.
0: <laughs> I just I just like maps. I've got a big aviation map that is so big. When I was looking at doing my PPL, my um, private pilot's licence, a few years ago, and I had a couple of flying lessons at the uh, British Airways Flying School in, in Booker. Loved it. Really, really enjoyed it, but... J. I. It's it's a chunk of money, and I thought the commitment that that's going to require, I'm just not ready to do that. Oh, Jeff's got Jeff's got that map. Where's that of Jeff? I can't quite see. Is that the UK?
1: It's the aviation map for South fantastic of in- England.
0: I've got the huge version of that. We have the same map, David. The thing is, I want to put that on the wall somewhere, but I don't really have a wall big enough. To, to put it on. So downstairs in my in my living room, Jeff again you may have seen this. Is
1: that next to all your pantomime posters?
0: They're not on the wall at the moment. They got taken down
1: What? Oh
0: my god. They got taken down September last year when we um, when it was all replastered for the damp work. So but I do have the big map of the world. It's a big IKEA map of the world. It's huge. And that's up there at the moment. But yeah, I want my I want my aviation map up. Can you fly have you had lessons? Have you had flying lessons? I, d- I did have a few yes.
3: And are you going to be taking commercial flights? Are you going to be flying people around?
0: Actually at the weekend I was at the Farnborough International Air Show. I saw. So it was me and my two girls and um, I, I, I'm I not going to lie I was a little bit disappointed. It was my first time to the Farnborough Air Show. It's only on every two years.
3: What? That's like Photokina every two years.
0: It is but i Prefer Photokina. I've been to the Festival of Speed, the Goodwood Festival of Speed, a few times and found that much a much better experience. Things that were good at the air show included seeing an Airbus A380, the double-decker um, aeroplane, doing stunts, and uh, take. you could go on board that if you wanted to queue up for an hour and a half.
3: Not while it was doing stunts.
0: No, no, no. no. While it was parked on the ground, you could go into it. Had the Eurofighter Typhoon up there, which is an amazing, amazing aircraft to see and to hear. The Red Arrows did a fly Oh, they always do. They're such show-offs. Well, I know, I know, but kids like them, kids like them. But again, I was a bit disappointed by their display when it was really just two fly fly-pasts. Not, not a great deal.
3: My wife grew up in Lincolnshire, where the Red Arrows were frequently in the Mm -hmm. air and i think it was the invictus games do you remember after the olympics yes something sporty happened in the olympic park in the stadium yeah. before they knocked the top off it turned upside down there was this almighty roar as as it turns out the red arrows flew over walthamstow to stratford whereas most people went running out of their house to see what natural disaster had occurred Bet was just like, yeah, red arrows. She was well aware of the sound of the red arrows flying over your house. And then you turned on the telly and saw them come in. I almost liked sport slightly at that point.
0: Just to round off the Farnborough air show thing, it was really busy. Uh, they'd crammed people in there. It seemed as though the visitors, the, the normal punters, were almost um, second fiddle, really, compared to all the corporates who were there. You know, the majority of the yeah. ground seems to be taken up with hospitality suite. So I, I, I'm i sorry, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. And you know, the, there wasn't a single bouncy castle that I could find for kids. I know that's not what it's about, but there seemed to be relatively little for kids there. We went on a tank.
3: Was it almost just about the planes?
0: I just think that they they're missing an opportunity by not making it a little bit more of a family day out. In the way that, for example, Festival of Speed at Goodwood most definitely is. That's a that's a great family day out with lots of things to do.
3: We did one year, David, didn't we? When we filmed Festival of Speed and also Revival
0: and Revival.
3: And yes. I actually thought Revival were, maybe because I'm not into cars going Maybe that's why. But I thought Revival was much more family. There was the whole oh, fun fair. There was a lot of stuff. Yeah. I thought my kids would get bored at Festival at Speed. Although there was actually, there was that kid stuff. And there was the the bikers. The that well, was really yeah. good. They would have loved that. Yeah. So maybe they combine the two. Oh, Festival of um, Speedy Revival.
0: But the Goodwood Revival is incredible. The first time I went there, I was gobsmacked for the weekend. It was just so much to take in. The amount of effort that people go to in terms of dressing up. Uh, and dressing up their vehicles as well as themselves. Um, uh, what an amazing, amazing event! I, I hope to go back as a as a punter one day rather than working there.
3: How are we going to segue into Pokemon Go?
0: <laughs> I was going to say. So we were talking about maps
1: somewhere. How does that take us to Pokemon? Well, yes. do
0: you know what? It, it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. One massive map that's just been launched is the world. <laughs> <laughs>